Welcome to Career Revisionist with Dr. Grace Lee, dedicated to doers, dreamers, and realists who want more success and satisfaction in their life. This podcast is about answering one question. How can you build a fulfilling career where it's all about doing work you love and growing your income without sacrificing your values? And here's your host. Her pet peeve is people and things that waste her time. Dr. Grace Lee. Career Revisionists, I'm here with Sophie Dalton live from Phoenix, Arizona. We just attended an event and I wanted to hear from Sophie herself. So Sophie, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and what you do? So I am a mindset coach for successful professional women who have lived a life of achievement and checking off all the boxes only to realize that success does not equal fulfillment. And in fact, the further that you go along the line of excellence, you can start to feel dead inside and a little divorced from who you're really meant to be. So how do we create a narrative around who we truly want to be? so that our career and our ambition reflects our truth and naturally makes us feel fulfilled. Yeah, it's amazing. Sophie, the reason why your story captivated me is because I, I've talked to a lot of people, when you ask them the question of, well, how did you end up in your career? How did you end up doing this job that you do? And most of them, they would say, oh, no, I kind of just fell into this path. And I don't know how I got here. It was just, I just fell into it. And I don't really, I don't really enjoy what I'm doing it. But you, you, you forged your own career path. Like, what would you say to someone who said that? I don't know how you got it. I just found it. How would you, what would you say? Oh my gosh. Well, I would start asking them a bunch of questions. I mean, I think that the, what is so incredible about the coaching industry that's developing is that we really need a space to ask these questions because it's not quite mental health. We have therapists who do a completely different role. But but in this there's there's an awakening that's happening where the average person wants to be fulfilled. Like they we need more when we're, we're moving up Maslow's hierarchy of needs. We need more than just put being able to put food on the table. And but we haven't like coaching and what you do, what I do is is a response to this movement. So I would tell them, you know, if they were available for coaching, this is the difference because a lot of people are in that space but aren't yet ready to do the questioning. Yes. And so they have to arrive to that on their own terms. What would you say causes unfulfillment? Because there are plenty of people out there that I meet and they're saying that, well, I have a good career. I would say I have good life, decent pay. I'm able to pay the bills, provide for my kids, provide my family. But sometimes basically for what it is, I don't provide. Mm-hmm. Like, what, how would you define unfulfillment? What causes that? Mm-hmm. Um, so I, w- I want to first clarify what I have decided is a is a recipe for fulfillment yeah and so the the converse of that explains unfulfillment yeah the recipe for fulfillment is that you take your genius zone whatever activity has put you in the flow state before and then you apply that to helping your favorite kind of person likely and then likely you're going to do that in a problem that you have experienced yourself so it's it can be it's truly very simple. And this, I love this conversation because so often we overcomplicate your purpose, following your passion, that it needs to be this, like, I'm going to join a rock band and sell everything. When really it might just be a tweak in how you explain yourself on your resume. You know, so of course you have this long, like, like you are an incredibly accomplished person on paper, but there's so much more to you that, that your family sees in you, that your partner is seeing in you, that your friends come to you for, you know? So if you led with those qualities, that's who, that's like, 
the type of recognition that makes you feel truly seen, right? And so if you meet with those qualities and then underpin them with all of your, all of your, what I would say, masculine successes, like all of the, the measurable successes, and then apply those things to a cause, to a type of person that you care about, it doesn't matter how successful you are, you will be fulfilled in the process. And then what's beautiful about that is because you're excited to show up in work, you're excited to do the grind, to do the difficult work, that's when success just amplifies like crazy. So you can tell people, they feel, uh, they feel that they can search for a career, that they can find what they're looking for, and they're searching, and they're, and they're sitting with maybe like 200, 300 applications every month. But a lot of times when they see job applications, they don't find the perfect fit for what they think they're qualified for. So they end up disqualifying themselves before they apply. And so there's this conversation, it's been this age-old conversation of, if I want a certain impact, I have to look at my qualifications, the degree that I have, the accolades that I have. So how do you pay for that, you know? Because you're saying that it's not who you are. So how do you, how do you get over that, you know? That conversation. Yeah. Well, in that search process, I would I would get clear. I would first take all all of that stuff, and then I would get clear on exactly the situation that you want. And what's so cool about this is that this process works for the type of partner that you want to have, the type of body that and health routine that you want to have, the career that you want to have. Um, so when you can very clearly define the exact situation that is going to that is your ideal. And we're not talking, do not modify yourself. Like when you write this down, it should be completely stream of thought, consciousness writing, where you're not holding back at all. And, and, and the first time that you do it, it's going to feel like that would be ridiculous. That's impossible. Not for me. But if you, it's, you're never going to even get close if you can't put it down on paper. So I put it down on paper. And then what's incredible about this process is that once you're clear, and you gave yourself permission to just name it on paper. You don't even have to tell a soul yet. Try a Google search. You know, you you don't know. Or, or maybe it's that you're, you're going to use the dating app differently. Like, it, it can be so simple. I've had this happen many times where I thought, I'll give, I'll give a tiny example of that. I moved to a small town and I thought, oh man, there's, I'm not going to find anybody who's interested in, in the yoga, spirituality, or any of the stuff that I'm interested in. And I just had this lack of mindset about it for about a week. I was like, friends, how am I going to like network with people? And then I asked myself, what, what would be my ideal? And even though I, I driven through the town and, and I thought that I knew it well, I changed my Google search and I found like naturopathy and, and all these things I never thought would be there. Same thing happened in my dating life when I got extremely clear on the type of person that I would want to be dating. The next five people were very close to that person. And and my how it wasn't just like their activities, but it was also how I was being treated. So the power of clarity, it it allows you to make all of your energy and your your job search extremely efficient. How did you arrive at the person who had that type of clarity? How did you arrive at that? Making a space for the question asking. So if you're, for me, it started out with journaling. And then eventually the more comfortable I got with that space, then it became meditating. You know, at first that was too much for me. I couldn't even sit for five minutes in silence at a time. So then it was meditating. And then it was hiring a coach. 
And then, you know, it was these baby steps where I just kept showing up. And even though it, like I, I was going through a lot of anxiety, anxiety and depression at the same time, it was just this knowing that my life as it was, was so dissatisfactory that I deserved more. I had no idea how to do it, but that I was worth at least asking the question. So before all of that started, before you started that ball rolling, besides feeling that you wanted more, was there something else you were aware of? Or was it just that? I think, yes, that, that I, I've always known what my purpose truly is, which is helping reconnect women to their intuition, to their power, for them to be that I am like a self-empowerment coach. You know, I help them do the work of owning their true power. But at the time, it felt more like pain than inspiration. Like the things that were going well for me on the outside were causing me to feel very dissatisfied. And I felt like I couldn't talk to anybody about it because I should be grateful. Because everything on my life seems awesome, seems great. But I had only arrived to this place because of because of force, because of constantly judging myself, of telling myself that I would only be worthy if I had all these accolades, all this success. So it was more that I was forced into this questioning because things didn't feel good. So was it you coming up with the right questions to ask yourself Mm -hmm. and to meditate on those right questions? And was a coach that helped you as well? Yeah, I think think at first it was just getting really honest about what wasn't working. You know, at the time it was a relationship. It was the, the, the environment that I was in. It was even my friends. Yeah. Yeah. That's a hard one. But, but just saying, getting real that it's not me. There doesn't need to be something wrong with me. It could just be that my, my environment, my situation isn't quite right for me. Is it fair to say that you basically got brutally honest with yourself about your current situation? Okay. So I like to call that getting clarity about the coordinates. You know, like when you plan a trip, you gotta know where you're starting, and it's being really honest with the coordinates of it right now. Yeah. So, at, at which point did you then have clarity on the goal? So that would be your destination, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, I my process of doing this is asking myself questions like, if I were to get a, if I were to get the news that I'm dying in one year, I have one year to live. What is the what is the goal? What is the mission that I must work on in order to feel good about my life? So it's not an experience. It's not that I need to go skydiving. It's not that I need to accomplish anything in particular. But what is the what is the mission that that I can work for? That I can serve? That will ma- allow me to to finish my life feeling fulfilled with myself? And if I get really honest about that, and then I ask myself, okay. What can I do about that now? Then that shows me what I need to do next. That's really, really wonderful. Did you experience any resistance as you were going? <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> Absolutely. I I like to call it soul procrastination because oh, I like that term. It's like when you have that most important thing on your list, the to do list of of your life, but you know, whatever to do list you have, you know, that you need to do that one most important thing, but you'll find the, you know, you'll clean the fridge. You'll do whatever it takes to not do that one thing. And that's how I see it working with your purpose that you, and that's why you've always known, like it's always been there. It's a truth. It's been in you since you were a child. You just didn't recognize it. Or maybe you did recognize it, but then you buried it because it's the most terrifying thing to do to follow. Wow. 
So I, I mean, Sophie, I've talked to a lot of folks who are, you know, in their 50s or late 40s, in that in the era. And, and you know, you've heard the surveys out there that the number one regret that most people have is that they regret in old age that they didn't really chew to themselves, that they didn't pursue their dream. So usually when I, I talk to someone in, in that stage of their life, they're feeling that, you know, up and down this road for, for 12 years, I've been in this job for 17 years already. Mm-hmm. It's too late for Mm-hmm. But at the same time, their their souls are nagging them. I don't want to, at the end of my life, regret my life. Mm-hmm. Now, what would you what would you say to those people? I mean, what's I would have them sink into the pain of maybe it's maybe it's the example that they're leaving for their children, or the remaining years of their life. Like, how much more pain are you going to experience? And and. And for me, the real pain is that when I'm not who I want to be, I'm a lesser person to my family. So I'm not like, I'm downright snappy or uninspiring or, you know, like my energy is just heavier. And that guilt, maybe they're not at that place of self-awareness yet, but like getting real, like that's our service. That's a service as, as coaches to help people see what is going to happen if they don't take action on their dreams. Because it's not just this fluffy thing of, of living your dream life, whatever whatever people think that is on Instagram, whatever. It, it's like, you know, how is this affecting your your spouse, your kids? Absolutely. So if there was something that you can go back and tell your 21 or 19-year-old self, you know, so that you can be on the path earlier or on that path with slightly less resistance, you know, or something like that, then like what would you say to yourself back then? Mm-hmm. I would tell her that she already knows, and that's such a cliche thing to say, but that but that she's going to go through some stuff that everything negative that's about to happen to her, because that was like really my time of well <laughs> of uh, like being put through the, the school of life. Everything that's about to happen to her, all of the, the bad stuff that people think is bad, is going to be her greatest power in moving forward and helping people. And that she is completely free to, to be radically herself. That's like, because I, I'm still discovering all these ways in which I have moderated who I am because I'm scared of what that one guy from high school will think of me on Facebook. Yes, that's right. Yeah. It's like, and then when I see it, you don't even realize you're doing it until you see it. And then I delete him and I feel so much freer. I'm like, what the? you know, you can't imagine that you were, just just how much these things before you're conscious of them how much they hold you back it's it's crazy so when you had that when you had that epiphany for lack of a better term and and you did the meditating you did the visioning yourself what would you need to have done to feel satisfied with your life and your role and you wrote that thing down it was mindset coaching it was changing your lives that way how did you know that that was it Right, you could have broken down more than one thing, or maybe you had two choices or three choices. Like, how did you know this was it? Mm-hmm. Because I, two things, I looked forward at the people that were my biggest role models. So, who have I? What are the books that I've read? What are the, the types of heroines, heroines that I looked up to when I was, you know, first learning to read, like, uh, or first reading up with like 10, 50, whatever? Who, who are the types of characters that I've always looked up to? Because that 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 like inspiration trigger is going to show you what your soul was like trying to lead you towards, and so I think you can look 
um, you can kind of gather information that way through your heroes. And then you can also look backwards. You can drop in the past by, by asking yourself, when are the times when I felt the most joy? When are the times when I felt the most in service or the truest of who I am? And it's in those instances that you see the, the through line of, of like the elements that you're not, that you're not supposed to recreate. Sophie, how did you get so good at what you do? You know, I mean, you, you're on this journey. It's a self-discovery journey in the beginning. Mm -hmm. And you went through school and you had to feel the pain of, I'm not connected to my true self. And then you had to go through the self-discovery process, however long that needed to take. Mm -hmm. And now you're a coach. You know, you help women in business. You empower women. You're, you're a speaker as well, a public speaker as well. You have your own show. You know, you talk to a bunch of different folks. I met you here in Phoenix. How did you get so good at it was through going through the fire and humbling myself all over and over and over again. And really just, I, I was thinking about this recently that before I realized that I knew what I was supposed to do, I had this determination to go out there and always prove myself wrong when I thought that I couldn't do something. So say that again. Thank you. Yeah, I said that. Yeah. So I, no, I like that point. That's why I want you to say it again. Okay. <laughs> I, I lived my entire life proving that I could do whatever I set my mind to. So anytime me or somebody else said you can do that, you're too whatever, I had to go do it. And so I just like I didn't know it at the time that I was putting myself through this this like life school of mindset cultivation. And I'll just give you the, the things that I did, I was a I was a nationally ranked athlete. I started um I, I walked onto a division one sports team and within two years I was like on the podium at NCAAs for in, in rowing, which it, it does work with walk-ons, but you know, I, I, I started, I came onto this team where there, I was training side by side with Olympians and future Olympians. And I just, um, so I, so I learned, I, I learned a lot from that culture of excellence. And then, and then after that, I started training for ultra marathons. So I ran through the winter and, and finished second in my first 50 mile ultra marathon. And then after that, I decided that I was going to solo travel for 18 months, like being a total vagabond through Latin America and learn Spanish. And then, and then also through that, I, I, after college and the rowing program, I developed an eating disorder and then I had some problems with my family and then my heart got broken. And so I was going through these things and, and learning how to, how to see, how to get real about my coordinates and, and come back to who I have to be. So keep coming back to feeling happy, to feeling fulfilled. That's incredible. You got a lot done in such a short period of time. Would you say that there was one thing that attributed most to how quickly you were able to improve yourself, to get so good at the things that you put set your mind to? Well, now, I mean, no. <laughs> but but that's, that's the thing is that I feel like I went the hard way, you know? I... I didn't accept help and, and I, I kept grinding through it. And so that's the model that I want to help people escape that when you're, when you're in this, when you're going through this yourself and you're trying to find your fulfillment, you're trying to find your people and you're just not understanding why you're not satisfied in life, you don't need to do it alone. It doesn't need to take you a bunch of years. And I feel like through, because I took the long way, um, 
or you know, I'm so young, obviously, but um, but because I didn't ask for help, I I found the true the the formula. Like I honestly feel like that, and so now for me, it's really easy to identify these elements in other people, the elements of which elements in other people. So their genius zone, their how how they're meant to help other people, what like the, the I call it like a personality system, how to design their life so that it becomes easy for them. Wow, so you can, you, do you mean like just a conversation with them or a session with you and you can determine those elements for them? Yeah, I mean, no, it, it's obviously, it depends on the person, but but that's that's what I love. That's what I said, yeah. Oh, that's incredible. That is a true gift. Wow. Would you say that you develop that intuition or that ability after recognizing is it fair to say that you developed it after recognizing that you took the long way (laughs) okay okay yeah tell me more tell me more well and something a part of my my formula like the thing that I would have that I have my clients go through is asking their friends and family members what what they see in okay and so because at one point I did that with my friends and family members and then and then I would do that again with my audience once I was growing an audience and and so I checked back in and I, I asked them these questions which sounds kind of like a ego pump but but truly because they're the things that come naturally to you we don't notice them right yeah and that's what happens with that soul procrastination because we don't we think ah oh, it's not that big of a you know <laughs> we it, it's not that important it's not that cool it's not that sellable it doesn't it's not going to help me get the job that I wanted um so when you ask the the important people in your life, they're gonna say some amazing things about you, hopefully, likely. <laughs> um, but the next part is that you need to try believing them. I love, yeah, that's I like that what you said. Try believing them. Mm-hmm. So when you did that, the friends and family that knew you well, mm-hmm. and then you made the announcement, you made the declaration, I'm gonna be a mindset coach. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna empower women. Did you receive any criticisms or people questioning that decision? <laughs> no, I think that I actually, I started as a business coach and then everybody was giving me testimonials and just calling me a mindset coach. Oh, I see. Okay. And so I was trying to force it. I was like, no, I'm all strategy. And this is what I mean by like experiencing the soul procrastination of, of ignoring the, the, the best thing that we have to sell because you think it's not that cool. Um. That's interesting. So, would, would you would you were you resisting that? Yeah, I see. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, when we, as more and more people told you, this is who you are. This is how we see you. you're good at this. Then, when how long did it take before you took ownership of it and saying, "Yes, that's me." I I mean, I don't know exactly how long, but I felt very frustrated. Like I was doing a bad job in my branding when really they were just seeing what came, what I was most excited to talk about, what came most naturally to me. And so finally, that's what I mean about this process of humbling. And I came to a point where I was like, you know, this this feels terrifying to claim, but I'm just going to practice believing them. Yes, that explains the, the name of your company. Yeah, if you can explain that, how you came up with the name of your company, right? Go ahead, explain that. So the name of my company is The Soulful Warrior. And it's Soulful Excellence. And the idea is that, sorry, the name of my podcast is Soulful Warrior. The name of my company is Soulful Excellence. And the idea is that we want to achieve, that that we're still going to achieve everything that that we're ambitious about, of course, that we're going to make impact and make money and and do everything that we're here called to do, but that we're going to do it in a way that fulfills us. Because if we're not leading with, with what brings us joy, with what brings us happiness, then 
then sure, maybe we're going to get all the things that we have on our vision board or, you know, our bucket list or whatever it is, but it's, it's going to feel empty. And that's, we don't deserve that. The people in our lives don't deserve that. So what happened after you owned it? mindset coach and then you branded you know that's the word soul soul in your in your business what happened after that i mean in your life you know what happened miracles um (laughs) yeah truly when when you it's like this whenever you step into the next level of who you're meant to be it's really like this surge i kind of think of it like like chiropractic for your spirit. Oh, I like that. Because if you're, when you're not aligned, like people use this word alignment and it's kind of like, okay, what does that mean? But I visualize a spine, which is a little intense. But if, you're, if your soul, like who you're meant to be is this like thing, this, this like organ or thing that's supposed to work together. And then we're living out of alignment because like school pushed out this part of your spine. It like told you, you know, so this part of you is like living over here. And then the, this, the family like made you feel like you need to be this person. And so we're walking around like all disjointed and, and it's uncomfortable. That's why we like literally have pain on our faces when we're stressed or like our jaws are clenched. Like it's difficult to take care of our body. We're carrying extra weight. Like all of this stuff is the product of us being literally uncomfortable in our bodies um, and in our lives. And so when you own that, like when you allow yourself to come back in, uh, like when you shift, you, you get a little chiropractic treatment to yourself, <laughs> whether it's through a coach or journal, like however you do it, you feel it. And then it's like, oh, you just feel things start happening. It's easier for you to show up to work. Um, you, you lose weight, like whatever, whatever your goals are in, in health, wealth and, and happiness, it just comes easier. It's like that. Oh you know not good right right and it's normally attention that you didn't even realize you were caring before yeah i mean there's more there's several components to it there's that physical misalignment and that affects in your spiritual life as well mm-hmm. yeah the mental spiritual part of your life as well mm-hmm. and you help people with that as well you help people with the, the the mental the spiritual part of it too exactly yeah for me business it business and ambition it can't be anything but an expression of your soul purpose so whatever whether you're whether you're spiritual or religious no matter what or atheist whatever words you use for that it doesn't matter to me but fulfilling again that formula it comes from using our gifts to help something greater than ourselves so whether that's a charity organization or or god or spirit what it doesn't matter it's it it, it, it Yes, it, it comes, it uses these spiritual principles. I love it. So any words of advice you can give to anyone who's watching? What, what I'm feeling right now is that however things don't feel right in your life, whether it's, it's not something that you want to complain about, um, whether it's your relationship, your career, your, your physical appearance, that you it's not complaining to get real and you don't there's no you don't need to be grateful when the when the reality is that it sucks and honestly when you get real about what's not going well that is going to be possibly the most empowering thing that can ever happen for it to finally change so so be real be honest and you're not a bad person for speaking the truth and when you do, you can start to create a plan and maybe hire somebody as amazing as Grace. She's absolutely you're not a bad person, even to yourself, right? Mm-hmm. So where can people reach you? If someone wanted to reach you, what's the best place for them to find you? 
So the podcast is Soulful Warrior, and you can find me on Facebook at Sophie Dalton, also Instagram, Sophie Dalton, and we're at soulfulexcellence.com. So there's different ways of spelling Sophie. How do you spell Sophie? S-O-P-H-I-E. Yeah, and Dalton, D-A-L-T-O-N. Thank you. Thank you for your time. Thank you so much, Grace. <laughs> awesome.